Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. to make you feel like you're really there and and trying to make you feel as engaged as possible. But God is wanting to immerse us into what He's doing and He's wanting to engage us in His kingdom. Amen. Last week, my wife talked to us about the only gift that we need, the gift of the Holy Ghost. She shared that the Holy Ghost is our comforter. And that it makes all the difference. And it truly does. Those of us who know what it feels like to be filled with the Spirit of God. We understand the joy that comes with it. We understand the peace and the love that it brings. We've got to have it. We cannot make it without it. But I want to move on to another step tonight. And so I want to talk to us about being baptized into the body, baptized into the body. I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles tonight to the book of John, chapter 3 and verse 5. And I, I, I don't know how it sounds out there. I, I'm kind of talking loudly from up here, but it, I don't want it to feel like I'm yelling at you, but I, I don't really hear myself in the, in the speakers too much. Can you all hear me pretty good, or does it, does it feel like I'm screaming at you? No? Okay. I'll I'll back it off a little bit. I don't want to lose my voice in the first three minutes either. John chapter 3 and verse 5. I think it's so appropriate that we were just singing about the kingdom. Let your kingdom come, O God. John chapter 3 and verse 5. I wonder if we can all read this out loud together. It's up there. Whatever version you're reading in tonight, let's all read it together. I'm reading in the KJV. But whatever you're reading, and let's read together. Amen. Let's read. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's very interesting that Jesus uses these words, Verily, verily. We don't really talk like that these days, but what he's wanting us to know is, I'm telling you the truth. This is important. You've got to get this. This is important. I'm saying unto you, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What Jesus was talking about here was, part of it was what Sister Corey was talking about last week, about being filled with the Holy Ghost, being born of the Spirit. But what Jesus was talking about when he said, except a man be born of water, he was speaking about baptism. I'm sure a lot of us or most of us are probably familiar with the word baptism or what that looks like. But I want to just back up a little bit and give us a brief history of of baptism and its origins. Baptism did not originate with Christianity. Actually, baptism started much earlier in Judaism. And I wonder if we could go to the picture up there. The Jews in their religion had a form of baptism that was for ritual purification. And there were different things in a person's life that would cause them to need to be immersed in 
Does anybody know what this is called? The Jewish word? What is it? A mikvah. Yes, correct. A mikvah. And there were different things that could cause a, a Jew to need to be purified in a ritual sense. One of them was going to the temple. And so before they would go to the temple, they needed to be purified from whatever uh, uh, had attached itself to them. Maybe they had touched something that was unclean, and, and so they needed to be cleansed before they could go into the temple. And so Jews were very familiar with baptism. When John, began, when John the Baptist began to preach about a new kind of baptism than what they were familiar with. The Bible tells us that John the Baptist, as he began to go from place to place, he began to preach about a baptism of repentance. And if you read what it was talking about, John, he went to places and, and he said, you need to bring forth fruit of repentance, basically meaning you, that you have already repented. This word repent means to make a change uh, in direction. And so what John was preaching was, you need to make a change in the direction that you're going. We're not just, just cleansing ourselves anymore for, for things in the past, but we're going to be baptized as a sign that we're going to try to do diff things differently from here on. That in our lives, we are making a change in direction. It's interesting that there are many places where this kind of baptism is still being preached. There's many places that if you go, they will uh, encourage you to be baptized as a sign to the congregation that you have uh, decided to try your best to live a life differently than what you have up until now. Sometimes they'll talk about their baptism as being an outward sign of an inward work of grace. But that is, and that is exactly what John was preaching, was a baptism as an evidence or a sign of repentance. But it was after Jesus' death on the cross that there was a new kind of baptism that was implemented. And if we could go to Acts chapter 2 and verses 38 and 39, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus' cross changed everything. The most powerful event in the history of the world was Jesus' death on the cross. When Jesus died for us. When he died for our sins. You know, there have been many people in history who have sacrificially given their lives for other people. But there has been no death in the place of another like Jesus' death on the cross. It didn't matter what, what the, the person was giving themselves in sacrifice for someone else. But there's one thing that was missing from their deaths that, that Jesus had. And that was innocent blood. When Jesus died, when he gave his innocent, sinless blood for us, there was something that was changed so dramatically in the spiritual world. The things that had been impossible before 
were now possible. And one of those things was that there was a new baptism, a baptism in Jesus' name. This new baptism, it was different than any other baptism before. It was because of Jesus' death that there was power and authority in this baptism that no other baptism had. This baptism, it wasn't just to, again, ritually cleanse ourselves from the things of the past. And it wasn't just to serve as a sign to others that we were going to do our best to make a change and and to try to live a better life. But this baptism in Jesus' name was for my old life, for my old self, that that sinful part of me that I could never escape, that, that I was bound by, for it to be buried in the grave with Christ. That when I take on this baptism in Jesus' name, I am no longer who I used to be. The way that things have been up until now are never going to be the same again. Who I am or who I have been is dead and is buried in the grave with Jesus. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Jesus' death on the cross was so powerful, but there was no way that we in our sinful condition could ever find a way to get his power and the power of his life and death to be applied to us. But when we are baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible tells us that our old life is buried with him. We are baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I think we have all been there before where where we want so bad for things to be different than they've been up until now. But no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we set our mind to it, no matter how much we say, I'm going to muster all of my willpower and I'm going to be different this time. Somehow we lack the power, we lack the ability to truly make that change. But what Jesus was saying on the cross is you can have access to my power. If you'll just be buried in my name, if you'll just be baptized in my name, all of the power of my life and death can be applied to you. And all of your old life can be taken away. And you can rise in a newness of life. I think we all want that, don't we? I think we all need that. Up until the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us that many people, even Jesus himself, were baptized according to John's baptism. That baptism for repentance, that baptism is a sign to others that we were doing our best to serve God. But after the day of Pentecost, there is no record of anyone being baptized in the church except in the name of Jesus. Every time it tells us that someone was baptized, and when it tells us how they were baptized, it was always 
in the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, that's how my grandmother came into this truth. My grandmother was of a faith that she was Christian, but her church, her dad was a pastor. Her dad as a pastor did not preach baptism in Jesus' name. And my grandmother went to an old-time tent revival, and the preacher got up and and he said, I'll give $100 in my brand-new car to anybody who can find someone baptized in the Bible in in Christian baptism uh, any other way than in Jesus' name. My grandmother was so excited because she had been taught another formula for baptism her whole life. She ran home and she said, Dad, I got you a hundred bucks in a brand new car. He said, what are you talking about, honey? She said, that preacher said it in front of all those people and he can't take it back. He said that everybody in the, ba- in the Bible was baptized in Jesus' name. She said, and he said if, if anybody could, could find another instance, he'd give him $100 in his brand new car. And that was a time when $100 was a lot more than it is today. And a brand new car was pretty rare. My, gra- my great-grandfather looked at her and he said, well, it's not in there. And she said, but dad, you, you preach against baptism in Jesus' name. She said what the preacher said, he said everybody was baptized in Jesus' name, but you preach against that. He said, I don't want to talk about it anymore. She said, but dad, he said that's what the Bible says. He said, well, the way we teach is just, we do that because that's what our church teaches, and I'm done discussing it. My grandmother understood as she began to look at the scriptures, she realized that what that preacher had said was exactly right. That everybody, after the day of Pentecost, when they were baptized, they were baptized in Jesus' name. It's baptism in Jesus' name that is so powerful and so important that when Peter gave the command in Acts 2.38 that we just read for them to be baptized, he said that this commandment was to everyone, to everyone. No one is exempt from this requirement. It is something that is a requirement for us to make it to heaven. Matter of fact, Peter felt so strongly about this that later when he wrote his letter to the church, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, he likened baptism unto the ark that saved Noah and his family. He said, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah. God was waiting for people to believe. He was just hoping that they would believe in the, in the ark that Noah was building. While the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. We're not just taking a bath. And what he's wanting to let people know is this is not the ritual cleansing that you've been used to up until now. But this is the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is baptism that saves us. Even baptism doth also now save us, he said. Baptism was so integral to the gospel, the message that the disciples preached, that everywhere they went in the world, they baptized people in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that the apostle Paul was baptized. 
The Ethiopian eunuch was baptized. There were 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost who were baptized. There were 5,000 people in Acts chapter 3, and there were many more. I want to skip ahead a little bit, and I want to share a couple stories that I hope will illustrate the power and the importance of baptism. The first story was a story that happened when my grandfather was alive. There was a man in the church that my, my grandparents were a part of, and there was a man named Archie Daly. And his wife was a faithful member of the church there, but Archie was not. Matter of fact, Archie was not a nice person. He was known multiple times to, to beat his wife up when his wife got home from church because she had been in church. Right now across America, there are, there are snowstorms and different blizzards raging. And, and there was a blizzard at that time that, that one night as his wife came home from church, although it was snowing like crazy outside, Archie locked the doors of the house and refused to let his wife come into the house, leaving her to, to, to be on the porch all night long. It was a miracle that she survived. But after a while, Archie Daly who had been a strong man, became, became sick. He went to the doctors, and the doctors gave him the diagnosis that he was eaten up with cancer and had a very short time to live. The pastor of the church and my grandfather went to speak to Archie in the hospital. While he had been a big man, they said he had just withered away, and this big man now laid less than, weighed less than 100 pounds. And they talked to Archie. And the pastor said, Archie, if, you'd, if God would heal you, would you give your life to him? And Archie, with tears in his eyes, said, Pastor, I, I, could never, I could never ask God to heal me. He said, I've been such a horrible man. I've been so mean to my wife. I've fought her every step of the way. I can never ask God to heal me. He said, but I have been doing some thinking. And if you would allow me, I would like to be baptized before I meet my maker. My, my grandfather and the pastor talked to the doctor, and, and they said, Doc, could we baptize Archie? Archie had a hole in his neck from the cancer. And the doctor said, well, he was kind of an old school doctor back then. There's no way they'd let you do it these days. But, but he said, well, Archie, you're going to die now, or you're going to die in two weeks. If, if dying in the water, you drowning in the water, being baptized would make you feel better, have at it. And so, old school. And so my grandfather grabbed the, end, grabbed the sheet on one end, and the pastor grabbed the sheet on the other end. And they carried him in the sheet out, laid him in the back of the car across the bench. And like that, they drove him to the church. Archie could not, did not have the strength to, to get in the baptistry himself. And so holding the sheet by, the, by both ends, the pastor began to say, Archie Daly, for the remission of your sins, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And just like that, they lowered him in the water. When, they, when he was in the water, my grandfather said, there was suddenly a commotion, and, and he said that the sheet was jerked out of my hand, and he said the thought went through my mind, oh no, we killed Archie. But he said in the next moment, Archie Daly exploded out of the water, speaking in other tongues as God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and he had been completely healed of the cancer that, that the doctors had said would take his life. Our God is a powerful God. 
I'm not saying if, if you're baptized that if you're sick, it'll be healed right then. But I've known of people to have broken bones healed in the water. I've known of people to be healed of cancer in the water. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in our obedience to the word of God. Archie Daly did give his life to God. He became a faithful member of the church. And my dad said, whereas Archie had been one of the meanest people I had ever known, he became one of the kindest, most tender-hearted individuals you could ever meet. It ended up that Archie outlived the doctor who had said he would die not long after that. Amen. There's one more story that I would like to share. And this is one that happened in my dad's ministry. And uh, it's kind of a funny one. My dad was a Marine in, in Japan. And my dad was young. He was there. There were no other Pentecostals there. And, and so my dad just went to whatever Bible study would have him. And, and uh, he would go to the chapel and be in the services there. He just wanted to be in church uh, however he could. And so it was while he was there at the chapel that he met a young man named Gil Salinas. And Gil was a Catholic, and he was a good guy. And he had been in training for the priesthood, but there had been some things that had happened in his life that had caused him to become disillusioned with, with uh, his church and with his family. And, and so he had kind of left it all and went to join the Marine Corps. And so Gil was running from God in a sense. And it was while he was there in Japan that my dad met him and began to witness to him about baptism. And he told him, Gil, I, I know you've been baptized, but baptism in Jesus' name, I promise you it's different. I promise you there's a power in it like you've never felt before. And Gil just, he knew what he had been taught. You know, he was going to be a priest. He knew what, what his faith taught, and, and so he had a hard time accepting it. But over several weeks or months, my dad kept encouraging him and, and told him, Gil, Peter, Peter commanded it. Peter commanded it. And so... But, but Gil would get, a, he was a, a fiery uh, Hispanic, and so he would discuss with my dad, and then he would get angry and just walk out, just leave and, and, uh, and stomp out, and then he would come back and want to talk a little bit more. And, and um, he, it had been one of those days where Gil had went walking out and angry at my dad and, and uh, you know, kind of told him off, and, and uh, so my dad went on about his day, and he said, suddenly the Lord spoke to him and said, go change your clothes, Gil wants to be baptized. And my dad thought, Gil doesn't want to be baptized, I just saw him, and he was just screaming at me, he don't want to be baptized. And, but again, he felt it so strong, go change your clothes, Gil wants to be baptized. And so he thought, well, I have some time off, I'll just go change, and nobody will think anything is weird or anything. And so he went and changed his clothes, and he was tying his shoes. When Gil came running into the barracks where he was. And he said, Rick, where have you been? I've been looking everywhere for you. And he said, well, Gil, I've just been here. He, he said, what, what's, you know, what's up? And he said, I've been looking everywhere for you. I, I want to be baptized. And he said, okay, all right. Yeah, you can be baptized. He said, no, man, now. I got a taxi waiting outside. Hurry up and finish tying your shoes. Get in the taxi. I want to be baptized. So they went and got in the taxi and drove outside of town to where there's a beautiful thousand-year-old arch bridge there uh, in Japan, crossing a river. And so next to that beautiful bridge, they went down into the water. And my dad had heard about all, he had never baptized anybody before. It was the first person my dad ever baptized. 
And so he said, he was trying to think of what the pastor used to always say when he would baptize somebody. Okay, upon the confession of your faith and because you've re repented of your sins. And, and he was trying to remember all the right things to say to have a nice baptism, you know. And so he, he finishes saying everything and he, he puts Gil in the water. And he realized one problem. He forgot to say in Jesus' name. <laughs> and in Jesus' name is where all the power is. So he pulls Gil out of the water. And so Gil starts trying to worship God because he had told him, Gil, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost when you come out of the water. So Gil's trying to worship him. And my dad says, Gil, stop. And Gil ignores, Gil ignores him and tries to keep worshiping. He said, Gil, stop. And he said, what is your problem? He said, Gil, i got to baptize you again. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I forgot to say in Jesus' name. He said, well, would you hurry up? And this time my dad didn't worry about anything else, about the, 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 the nice words and all of that. He just took Gil and he said, Gil, in Jesus' name, I baptize you. And this time Gil exploded out of the water, speaking in other tongues as God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I want you to know, baptism in Jesus' name, there is something different about it than any other way. There is power in the death that our Savior took on the cross. There is power in His burial, and there is power in His resurrection. And He wants you to have a part of it. He wants you to have a part of it. Amen. I would encourage you. I would encourage you, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, there is nothing more important that you could ever do than to be baptized in his name. Amen. I want to share something very quickly with you, and I'm coming to a close. The reason why I felt to speak about this topic was because last Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't remember, but the, I, the Lord woke me up at about 2.30 in the morning and started talking to me. I've heard other people talk about that, but I don't believe I've ever had an experience where the Lord woke me up and started to talk to me, but it happened to me last week. And as the Lord began to talk to me, I took my phone and I just began to write down what the Lord was saying to me. And so in closing tonight, I want to share that with you. What I felt the Lord speak to me was, the most precious substance in the universe is innocent or sinless blood. When Jesus wanted to buy a bride, he gave the greatest dowry that has ever been given. He didn't buy the church with gold or silver, or even all of the riches in the world, but he paid an even greater price. He paid and gave all of the innocent blood that has ever existed in the universe. It's through his death that he purchased his bride, and he has been given the name above every name. Because of our sin, there's not another human being who has ever had the power to replicate what Jesus did. Because of our sin, we do not possess that treasure to pay the price that he paid. But that doesn't mean that we can't be a part of what God did and is doing. Although we can't do it for ourselves, he has made a way for us to partake in the greatest transaction in history by us be a, being a part of his action on the cross. Because we don't have innocent blood, us dying on the cross could never purchase what his death purchased. But through our repentance and being crucified with Christ, we spiritually die as he did, and the power of his cross is applied to us. 
in baptism, although not physically, spiritually, we are buried with him. And through receiving his spirit, we rise spiritually as a new being, just as he rose a resurrected and transformed being. In baptism, we receive his name upon us and are baptized or immersed into the body, his spiritual body, to one day be a part of his literal bride at the wedding feast. We are purchased with such a great price. Therefore, as his word says, let us glorify God in our bodies, which are Christ's. We are not our own. We have a responsibility to live a certain way because Christ's death gives him the right to demand it of us. If we refuse to walk in the newness of life that he purchased for us, not only are we not a part of his bride, but we're no longer part of his body. We aren't a new creature, and we are no longer buried with him, and we are no longer crucified with Christ. I wonder if we could all stand right now. And I wonder if in closing tonight we could just lift our hands to heaven and ask that God in this time, as we come close to the end of this year, that God would truly have his way in us. If you've never been baptized, I would encourage you to just talk to God about it right now. I encourage you that you just lay your, you lay your all on the altar. Hold nothing back from him. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word tonight. Lord, thank you for what you purchased for us on the cross, Lord, by your death. Thank you for your great sacrifice on our behalf. Lord, although you didn't have to, God, you did for us what we never could have ever done for ourselves. But Lord, I ask that you would begin to speak to every heart here tonight. Oh God, speak to our hearts and, and let us understand the importance of what you talk about in your word, about repenting, about turning from our old ways about being baptized in your name and about being filled with your spirit, God, so that we can have your, your power living inside of us to help us to walk in this new life that you've called us to. Lord, I ask that you would, you would help us, oh God, right now. Speak to us, O oh Lord. Let us hear your voice calling us and talking to us, God, over the next few days. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to hold nothing back from you, Lord. We give you everything. We give you our all. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. If I could give you one piece of homework, it'll take you about five minutes. But I would encourage you to read Romans 8. And I think it will put some more things into perspective for each of us. It'll only take you a few minutes. Romans chapter 8, I would encourage you to read it. You want me to just read it? All right, I guess I'm just going to read it. Well, you may be seated for just a few minutes. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, 
condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the fleshly mind is the enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God lives in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. Amen. If you want to read the rest of the chapter, it, the rest of it's good too, but that's as far as I'll, I'll go for tonight. Amen. But God bless you. Let us walk with God. Let us trust him more than we ever have in this new year. Amen. And let us do our best to fulfill all of his word. God bless you.